powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Welcome back, Oilers fans, to Game Over Edmonton. It's the triple header, and the Oilers put on a show for us tonight. Holy moly. They knew it. They knew we were coming, right, guys? Oh, my God. It, it, they, we, we, had, we needed a cause to celebrate. If they blew another three-goal lead in the third period or four-goal lead or whatever that was, it, I mean, it, it might have been more fitting, to be honest with you, but this is very nice. I'm very happy we're here. I'm very happy we have a fun game to talk about. There's tons of rumors too, but like I said before the show, we got to keep it on the rails for a bit where you got to talk about the game. And it was awesome. It was trade value galore. Barry, Yamamoto, <laughs> Pooley, RV, Fogel. I just pray Mike Greer had got his, uh, his, um, his, uh, oh my God, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. ESPN plus in the States. I yes. hope he had it working. So he was able to watch the game because Man, he didn't want to miss this. So many future sharks were going off tonight. It was it was nice to see. I mean, and you you forgot one big name there, Devin Score. Holy yeah. moly! First star of the game, best first, best three first, games in a row of his career. Sorry, you go ahead, Avery. Yeah, first goal of the season for Devin Shore. Oh, and boy, did he need it! That was uh that you could just see the gorilla jump off his back as he raised his hands in the air. That was like a novice celebration. Like that was like reminded me of like when I scored my first goal ever in like rec house league. You know what I mean? Just that was <laughs> elation that you never see from an NHL player. That was awesome. Uh, no, obviously, guys. Like I know, I get everyone's like, oh, what's that going to say about Devin Shore in the chat before the game? But like. I want the Oilers to win. If Devin Shore plays great, I'm happy to have him on the team. Problem is, more often than not in his Oilers tenure, he hasn't been great. So it's great to see. Keep it up. Stay on the roster. Make it harder to come in. Because if uh, if I hope some of these some of these guys in the bottom six will eventually have to be moved out for cap reasons at the deadline. If you bring in a big fish, I don't know. We'll get into that. Uh, we we need guys to come in and replace their production. And if Devin Shore could be one of those guys, saves kind of move, makes it easier on us. But, you know, nevertheless, would uh, just let's start from the top. What did you guys think of the first period, how the Oilers came out, and how the game started? Avery, you want to go first? You know what? They let, let the first goal from Chris Tang, and it appeared to me like, you know, ah, oh, geez, here we yep. go, slow start. But the recovery Empton had, I thought, was very impressive. There's a team that recovered nicely, five unanswered goals, and that's the kind of thing you need to see from a team that wants to win the Western Conference, being able to put aside those slow starts, and battle back strong. You saw the scoring early on. And once again, this team, the big thing, like, this is a team, guys, if they want to be the contender in the Western Conference, they're going to need scoring from beyond just McDavid and just Drysdale. And it got it tonight. It was, a, it was a great thing to see, fellas. Oh, it, yeah. This was a uh, this was one of the most dominant performances of the season. It was a statement game by the team coming out after just that stinker against Philadelphia, even though they took the two points. They got it. They got the ball rolling in the win column. And, we're up and running. Hopefully they keep it going against Columbus because that's, you know, we had a stinker once there before. So let's see. Uh, but yeah, no, that was dominant. In the first period, they outshot the Penguins 14 to 3. You let the first goal in, but the bounce back was 
um, it was it was something I, to be admired, right? That's something you hope that they can do consistently. Um, I thought everyone was playing at the top of their game. There was not there wasn't really one person who I could single out and say, oh, they played poorly. Uh, if you look at the expected goals, though, in a game where the Oilers dominated the possession so much, it's really funny that Matthias Janmark is sitting there with only a 30, only controlling 32% of the expected goals. He kind of took a dumb interference penalty kind of later in the second two, right? Uh, so maybe he's someone you could single out as, okay, if Costin's healthy against Columbus, you could probably take Janmark out of the lineup and put Costin in. But no, yeah, it was it was a phenomenal performance. And, you know, sometimes you expect, OK, the ball, they got the ball rolling in, out in the first. Oh, they're going to come out flat in the second. Nope, not at all. They kept it going right away. And the second's kind of where they just had that onslaught. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, looking at it, actually, I think the emergency exception rule, whatever, whatever it was that we used to bring Devin Shore up here. I, I don't know. This makes it a little bit difficult on who you have to send back down. I mean, Shore played fantastic on that line with Ryan and Jesse Pugliarvi, who I thought is sneakily having a pretty good week, right? In the last five games, he had like three assists or something like that. No goals at the end yeah. of the game. One at the <laughs> beginning, first period, one in the third period. Two big chances, and he just couldn't quite bury it. Absolutely but- cursed. Absolutely cursed. I'm hoping, you know, Pulley is is making a pretty good run right now, especially on that fourth line. Honestly, if Ken can't pull off Eric Carlson and he could bring in a shaman to bless Jesse Pulley I would I'd be fine with that. That's a good enough addition if Jesse can get that curse off his back. We need a medicine man. So uh we need some we need, there's something fishy going on. There's something I don't know. But yeah, no, Jesse obviously hit the post in the third period. Had that uh, Jari had that amazing stop on him in the first on the one timer. So yeah, no. And it was awesome to see the great pass to Devin Shore. Um, yeah, no, Jesse was awesome. Uh for his sake, obviously still wants a fresh start. Let's hope that this kind of upped his trade value. Clearly, there is trade value there. Like, clearly there is trade value there. Cause if not, he'd be long gone on waivers. So hopefully this is just setting him up again. Hopefully he ends up on the San Jose Sharks, but wherever Jesse ends up, I'll be cheering for him. Uh, if this was his last game as an Oiler, I'll be very, I'll be, I'll be pleased. I'll remember him. All fond memories of Jesse. Going out with a bang, right? And mm-hmm. with that, guys, the Oilers are second in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. How how quick one win can make all of a difference in this conference right now? And yep. uh, you know what? Vegas has a couple games on hand. They're playing against Calgary tonight, I think. Yeah, Calgary's 0-7 in their franchise history against Vegas, so I don't plan on them. Oh, they're up one nothing, but we'll see. Calgary blows, so they were up. Uh, yeah, and I have no, I don't believe in them at all. Kings lost two, though. So yeah. the Oilers, as of right now, as of 7.53 Mountain Time, they're second in the West. Like, they're, uh, they could win the West very easily here. A couple more hot streaks. I know they have a tough stretch with Boston, Winnipeg, Toronto. But, like, if Ken Holland, you know, wakes up from his nap, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, just maybe, Food coma they can get at this on a point. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's, I don't know. He's waiting. He's at the printing press waiting for the guide and record book to be printed. And as it's coming, he's checking, he's checking. We're about two years behind, but he's catching he- up. He's sending we're, his offer to San Jose via pigeon. Yeah, it's going to take a little he, bit of time. He's, he's right now. He's looking at the, I think the 16, 17 playoffs. He's seeing Eric Carlson, what he's doing against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's oh, this guy. That's why we're going for him. He's about eight years behind, but you know, nevertheless, it's the right player this time. Not, not, not Duncan Keith. So at least we're good there, but 
yeah, no. Other than that, man, like, like we can just bring up all the goal scorers. We got make it, it was a great because it was a collective effort. This wasn't a McDavid six point night, right? It was you McDavid, then dry settled, then Yamo. You had Fogel. You had um, who else? My Devin missing Hopkins. Devin, Devin score. score. Yep. <laughs> and McDavid again on the penalty shot. Uh, can't do it in the shootout, but penalty shots, no problem. So that was obviously really good to see McDavid up to forty six goals now. Um, cruising and, to 60. And I think another aspect of this game that might might have gone the wayside because of the final scoreline, man, Avery, guide us through these special teams because the power play, the penalty kill, they were both gelling tonight. Yeah, I know, guys. You know, that's funny. We know we know what the penalty kill has been Achilles heel on this team for all year long, but only about one power play goal. Again, that was a great sign. Then two power play goals for this team. And we know. You will if you always get on the power play. You may as well or you you may as well put a goal on the board automatically. Like it is tough to stop every always power play. So they get two more goals on the man advantage. That's a great it's a great thing to see. Of course you want to see Edmonton score more five on five, but you will take this team any day of the week on the man advantage, beating a goaltender when they get the chance. You will take that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was a weird game for Stuart Skinner, right? He technically allowed like four goals. Uh, but also, you know, he wasn't getting a lot of work, like three shots in the first period. Obviously mm-hmm. the Penguins picked up a little bit, but not too much. Like I think 11 shots and average out in each period. They, they put it on mostly later in the third, but obviously by then it was too little too late. Uh, so Skinner lets in the goal, but it's called back offside. Nothing was going the Penguins way. It's hilarious when it's not you. And all of a sudden you hear fire, heck, stall and the oil. You just know that the Oilers are doing that to someone else. And. Man, because nine times out of ten, it's, that's what's happening to the Oilers. Someone's putting up a ten spot in the Oilers, and there's jerseys on the ice and fire, Eakins, fire, you know, whoever. So it's 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 really nice to see. It warms my heart when someone else is disgruntled. So yeah, uh, what else? What else? What else? I mean, yeah, that was if, fun. You look at it, and it's it's tough. Like even though you're right, like Skinner didn't have to make a lot of saves. When it when you get three shots against you in the first period, you get hella cold. Like that's yeah, yeah. a real that tough good. thing to jump back into. Oh, um, I'm glad he posted a mm-hmm. 917. That's that's great. Like better than Jack. That's Sorry. all you need. <laughs> yeah, so. positive, positive guys. Come yeah, no. <laughs> honestly, I, I saw I saw Andrew tweet out. He said, "Oh, why is Woodcroft challenging for offside in a six-two game?" I'm like, "No, we need Skinner's save percentage above 900 for this game. We need it. I fully respect that." And then the Carter goal comes back to that. Like the guy was pretty much touching the jumbotron with his stick when he tipped in the goal. So obviously that's coming back. Uh, yeah, no, that was it, it. Nothing was going Pittsburgh's way. I think this is their fourth loss in a row. Uh, the caps obviously started selling today. So Pittsburgh's in a really, really interesting position going into the deadline. This is one of the most fun, nerve wracking, exciting deadlines I can remember in, in a long time, just because of the, the state of the Oilers, I guess. But even like seeing teams with Ovechkin and Crosby kind of teetering on the edge of the playoffs and you know, do we sell? Do we not sell? It's going to be really interesting to see the outcome of the of, of, of those decisions for those teams. No, of course. You know, we talk about the Oilers trades, Oilers deals. You know, I think we will we won't know about the Oilers. I predict until March second or March third. It's going to come down yeah. to the wire in terms of Edmonton acquiring um, Eric Carlson or, but they should, but they mm-hmm. really should be getting back into a deal for Jacob Chicken. They should mm-hmm. be getting back into a deal for because I've heard. 
from what I've heard on my end, there's rumblings that Orlando scouting staff doesn't think he's a good defender, mm-hmm. which to me is ridiculous. Like, how do you have a pro scouting staff that doesn't think Jacob Chikrin is a good defender? That blows my mind. <laughs> I don't know what games they're watching, genuinely, unless, again, they're they're reading book, the guide and record book from four years ago. Like, Jacob Chikrin is an elite defender. He's a top – this year he's been a top 10 defender in the NHL. Uh, I, I, I've heard, I, I mean, I've read the same things that you, that you've heard. So, um, yeah, no, I, I know that Oilers, the Oilers scouts are not very high on him. They see him as a kind of a, a second pairing left shot defenseman, a guy who's going to shoot the puck, a power play specialist. Uh, obviously I believe he's not that I know most smart people believe he's much more than that. Um, but the, again, so if we're just gonna, if we're just, if we're just gonna, we're we're together. We we've talked about the game. It was absolutely, it was a, it was a domination by the Oilers. Like move on to Columbus, whatever. We we got that. Let's let's focus on the fun part here. We got eight days left of the deadline. They play on play on Saturday at ten thirty in the morning. So once okay. that passes, we got two games left till the deadline. We're a week out tomorrow. I know you said that you think they should be targeting Jacob Chikrin. Everyone knows where I lie with Eric Carlson. I I want it to happen. I want it to happen bad. Um, um, but Dennis, before I get into who's your number one target for the Oilers this trade deadline season? I mean, we all know it. It's got to be a defenseman. The team itself has asked for a puck moving defenseman. I think Jacob Chikrin's a great choice, partially because of just how cost controlled that deal is. Yes, you're giving up a lot of assets because Arizona's he's been on the market for a long time and it doesn't look like they're budging at all. But if you're the Edmonton Oilers, you go for it. It doesn't matter what assets you have to give up. I can mm-hmm. understand with Carlson, it the money makes the deal a lot more difficult. You might have to have a little bit more of a negotiation struggle to make yes. it work. So for that reason, I'm thinking Chikrin's the number one acquisition. And I wouldn't mind a Patty Kane or another big scoring winger on the team. See, that's where I wanted to go with this. So let's, here, first I'll ask Avery. Avery, who's your, I know you said Chikrin, you talked a little bit of Chikrin. Is Chikrin your number one target for the Oilers it, oh, uh, until the deadline, when the deadline hits? In my mind, it is Chikrin, but if it's not Chikrin, then it should be Eric Carlson. I'm not, I'm not on the Patrick Kane, I'm not on the Patrick Kane bandwagon. I feel your your major need is defense that is top of blue liners. You only need a Patrick Kane. I feel he has Chikrin. If not Chikrin, then Carlson. If you mm-hmm. can't get one of those two guys, that's a major failure on Ryan's point. That is Absolutely. a failure on the part of Ken Holm. You can't either guy. Absolutely. I see people in the chat talking about uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. The Wings just want to beat the Rangers today. No way they're selling right now. They're, Bertuzzi isn't going anywhere. That's an own rental, and I'm sure they'll figure it out in the offseason. But, yeah, no, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Yeah, Toronto. In, in a similar position with their core, they ship out a ton of futures and draft picks. I know people say, oh, it's an expensive price. It's an expensive price. It's It doesn't matter. The price doesn't matter. They're no, no Kyle Dubas isn't looking for a bargain. He's not looking to flee someone. He's looking for the most impactful trade that he can make to bring in the most impactful player to his team. If the player's impact is high enough, that makes the price worth it. And if we're talking about bringing in the guy who's going to win the Norris, that to me is impact through the roof. Has the Norris Trophy winner ever been traded in season before? I highly doubt it. I don't know. Um, I know you said it's going to come down to March 3rd. And I, and I agree with you just based on the way Ken Holland acts. He's slow. 
right now there's a game of chicken going on with Mike Greer. I know that's why we heard, oh, it's a one in a million yep. shot from Elliot Friedman. That's posturing through the media. Um, they're telling them, they're telling Friedman that it's not going to happen. So they, in hopes that I don't know which side is doing it, that the other guy, the other general manager is going to see that and come back to the table with a better offer or bend a little bit on the retention or bring a little bit more assets to the table. In my mind, it makes absolutely no sense for San Jose to take, to keep Eric Carlson past the deadline. And I, and I know I'm biased as an Oilers fan, but I've listened to an unhealthy amount of San Jose radio in the last <laughs> week. And I am telling you that they are on the same page. Like they think that Mike Greer, okay, might keep Eric Carlson for another year, but they all agree that is so risky on their part. If essentially the thing, the thought process is if you can get any assets back, that is a positive because we all agree that the deal wasn't movable six months ago. If Eric Carlson's playing at 60% even next year of what he is now, there is little to that, that contract becomes unmovable again. It's because he's a hundred point defenseman that it's even movable because he's 32. He's had injury issues. Um, and yeah. And then the other thing is, and I know you guys want to jump into, Oh, it's say my last thing. They're going to move Timo Meyer. They're going to move a bunch of their other skilled forwards. You're taking away tools from Eric Carlson. He's shooting 4% higher than his next highest season. He's at 12.5%. His next highest season was last year at 8.5%. That's going to come back down to earth. So most, more likely than not, the points aren't going to stay at this ridiculous pace. And they're going to fall down. And then his value goes down. And then you're not getting as near good a package as you would right now. So that's my piece. Yeah, you're right. When you talk about buy low, sell high, right? You you can't get a lot higher than the mm-hmm. probably Norris Trophy winning defenseman Eric Carlson. The I totally understand that it's it's a tough cap situation, but teams get creative all the time. And if you're willing to make it work, you're willing to to put in the effort. Eric Carlson for four more years. You know what? That lines up pretty good. He's 32 right now. That'll bring him all the way to 36. At the end, you might be able to do a little shenaniganry and have him retire a little early. It's almost like that happened a couple, like a year ago in oil mm-hmm. country. So I, I think the sky's the limit. Like if you're willing to put in the work, and Ken Holland has to be willing to put in the work right now because this Oilers team has a road straight to the Cup final. Yeah. So if you're willing to do it. This is the time. This is how you keep your generational superstars. No, of course, guys. And you look at you look, you look, you look at teams like say um, in the past, Tampa Bay. What they did with their shenanigans, the around LTIR. You saw Vegas just now. Mark Stone goes in LTIR. Look at all the space they have now. They traded you know, Shea Weber. Yeah, yeah. She, I look, look. I look at Toronto. Three team mm-hmm. trade to bring Ryan O'Reilly. The yep. good teams find a way to get around it and don't throw their hands up in the air and say, "Well, we can't. We're capped out." The good teams don't give up and say, we can't do it. They figure out how to make it happen. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Well, Vegas now is going to take, because now they have long-term flexibility. I know Jason Greger was the one pushing this, and I and I think this is, the, I believe, the same thing. They're going to take a run at Timo Meyer. Now, do they have the assets to get Timo Meyer? That's a whole other thing. Regardless, Vegas is going to bring in multiple good players or take a couple big swings to fill the hole, the $9 million hole that uh, Mark Stone you know, gave them. Now, Patrick Kane was rumored to be the Oilers' target over the last couple of days. That's kind of where most of the new noise has been lying. Uh, it seems today that 
the New York Ranger, like he, he's pretty much a New York Ranger is a Chicago Blackhawk, but it looks more and more likely that he's going to the New York Rangers. Right before the Oilers game started, there was uh, the Rangers made two late scratches, and it just so happened that if Patrick Kane is uh, 75% retained, similar to what we saw with the Orlov and the O'Reilly deal, uh, the Rangers will be able to just fit him in under the cap. And it's funny because the Rangers, as of right now, without making this trade, have two or three hundred thousand dollars more in projected cap space than the Oilers right so they got creative and they're bringing in a ten and a half million dollar player right with only three hundred thousand more dollars on the Edmonton Oilers there is absolutely a route in in which you can bring in a player you look at the Ottawa trade yesterday with Nikita Zaitsev right the price to move on from four and a half million dollars was a second and a fourth in in the, uh, the following draft that so that's and, and I think the actual dollars were around 5.6 for Zaitsev this year, so it's actually more expensive for the team bringing him on. And because he is, does have the following year, uh, you look at Eric Carlson if they were to do the 30 percent or 35 percent retention, it ends up working. I think I, Jason Greger did the math, it comes out to San Jose would be paying Eric Carlson over the course of the contract like 15.6 million dollars or something. And if you just say, okay, a five and a half was a second and a fourth, you just Times up by the rest of Eric Carlson's contract. You keep adding it on, and okay, we're at four seconds and four fourths. But if you're giving them first and Borgo and Pulleyarvi and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever they want, uh, I think you can find the value there. Like I think there is a legitimate path just based on what we've seen. And obviously, maybe it's wishful thinking, but like we're at the do or die moment. It is such a slap in the face to 97 for him to come and and I understand you can have different perspectives on this for him to come and ask for a puck moving defenseman. Like if I have to watch an offensive possession where Cody Cece pulls an Alex Chase on and absolutely kills the possession again, I'm gonna run my head through a wall. I can't watch this absolute killer at the blue line every time he bobbles it. It's ridiculous. Watch the guy make a four foot pass last game. He handcuffed Philip Broberg. You would think Cody Cece's the rookie. No, it's uh, the guy has no puck skills. He's fine as a, he's he can excel as a third pairing right shot defenseman. But they're clearly playing above where they are. Vincent DeHarnay today, even his expected goals were actually the second lowest on the team. They were just a little bit above Yanmark. He didn't have, as far as his career in the NHL, I know it's short, small sample size. He had probably one of his weaker nights tonight. So there is a giant hole on the right side. If you can swap out Barry, who has trade value, has trade value, No, make no mistake about it. Two more secondary assists tonight, baby. Like, just keep adding it on. So send the stat sheet to Mike Greer. There is a path to do it. And I will be so, I cannot understate how disappointed I will be when, if they don't. And, and, and also, Conor McDavid McDavid and Leon Dresser are not idiots. They sit there with their phones after the game and they see the Rangers going out and bringing Tarasenko and Kane, a team who, like the Oilers, lost in the conference finals last year. Exact same position. They went out, they add Oilers. The, the ball's in your court. Uh, they go see Vegas, make the Shea Weber deal, clear up. They get long-term flexibility. They have flexibility with LTIR. They see the other teams around them posturing to make moves. Boston, best team in the NHL. Do they care if they take something off their roster? Hell no, they fucking don't. The Connor Clifton, see you later. We're bringing in Dmitry Orlov. We're going best in the East. You know, the East is a powerhouse. Thank God the Oilers aren't there. But this is like the most important time in Oilers, like one of the most important times in the last 30 years in the Oilers franchise. Literally, I, I could go on about this forever. I could 
I could rant till I don't even. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta chill out. You guys give me your thoughts on the trade deadline. What do What do you think is gonna? What do you think realistically is going to happen? <laughs> Avery, you want to go first? <laughs> I don't really, want to follow all of that. Real, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> realistically, like we're talking about empty Oilers and a trade deadline. You know, there's always been a bit of a disconnect over the years in terms of what the fans want and what management will actually go and do. But I I do feel I do have I do feel that Ken Holland, as much as you know, I I'm on him quite honestly, I do think they will find a way to get Eric Carlson. Because you have to you have to show to your franchise key cornerstone players like McDavid, like Dry that and he said before, this is our window to win. This is our year to win. You've got to show your two key pieces that you truly are in it to win. Mm-hmm. Because again, we're in your nine of Dry and your eight of McDavid, and they have won three playoff series total. One, two, three mm-hmm. in their entire tenure as Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. If not now to go for it, when in six years, seven years, eight years, when mm-hmm. the captain is Reed Schaefer? Like, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. We're saving our futures for the first line of Holloway, Borgo, and Schaefer. Like, what are we doing? You have them here now. That's the thing. Since McDavid played his first NHL game in October 2015, I believe that the Edmonton Oilers have not traded one first-round pick in the last eight years. I like. I, I might be wrong, but I don't remember. Uh, I don't think the EK ship has sailed as well. So I see some stranger in the chat saying that. We can agree to disagree, but I think there's going to be some circling back, especially if Timo Meyer gets dealt before deadline day. Um, Mike Greer is going to have stuff. Mike Greer is going to have contracts he wants to move out, and Carlson's one that he wants to move out. You got to look at it this way, too. They're paying the Sharks are paying Burns $2.7 million not to play for them for the next three years. Mark Edward Vlasic is a $7 million cap it for the next four years. Tomas Hurdle, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he's above an $8 million cap it for like the next eight years. Logan Couture is an $8 million cap it for the next eight years. The Sharks are horrible but they have little to no cap flexibility. That's the thing they want to create. They created some with Brent Burns, but they still only have like under a million dollars in cap space. Like they do not have much cap space. I believe they're also an LTIR. Even if you're retaining on Carlson, moving that money out, the majority of the contract out, creates a significant amount of flexibility. All of a sudden, you are like, you can take on other contracts like we see Minnesota doing, like we see um, Chicago doing with Zaitsev. Take, you, you're able to speed up your rebuild, and that's what they're doing. If you're trading Meyer, you're going full rebuild. Uh, I believe they're a bottom four team in the NHL now. They lost again. I, I believe they're playing a really good – I think they're playing Nashville tonight. Yeah, they're playing Nashville tonight. Um, they, they, they're on a route to the bottom. You're really telling me the only guy you're going to keep is Eric Carlson. You got to do everything you can to move this guy out in season. You want to win the draft lottery. You don't want someone with a historic season single-handedly pulling you up the standings away from Connor Bedard. And I mean, if you look at it, in the beginning of this season, no one thought the St. Louis Blues would be rebuilding. And just like that, in a couple of weeks, they've folded a bunch of their guys and suddenly they have three first round draft picks this upcoming draft year it's insane how fast you can completely go into a rebuild if you want to do it and we know st louis is not a team that likes to sit around go with like four or five year rebuilds they want to go tank hard tank fast and then come back in like year three year four 
that's what you could do if you're San Jose, oh. right? You still have assets. Did Sorry. did something major no, happen? No, I was happened. like, are we breaking a trade live <laughs> See, on air? Me, for me, for me, Wouldn't for that me, be amazing? for me, major is, oh my God, the Oilers. So I first I see that, oh, the Oilers, Stoffer mentioned on the post game that Edmonton has a couple of scouts at Nashville at the Nashville game tonight. And then I'm like, oh, Ekholm, Janot, okay. But then remember who I just said uh, Nashville's playing? The San Jose Sharks. So that's phenomenal. That's great to see. Uh, Ekholm, uh, let's just talk about Ekholm real quick. Obviously, we all, I think we all agree that whether it's a left shot or a right shot, uh, the best defenseman available is who we want the Oilers to target. Uh, I see a lot of Matthias Ekholm going around. And in theory, I like Matthias Ekholm as a player. I described him to Dennis earlier. I'm not sure I, I said this to you, Avery, but he's kind of like the perfect mix of Clefbaum and Larson, right? He's got that a little bit of offensive skill, but he's got that mean grit and he's solid defensively more like, and obviously he's not saying Clefbaum's not solid defensively, but he just, the meanness and the style in which he plays reminds me a little bit more of Adam Larson. Uh, would be great. Obviously, he's a little bit older and he carries a $6.25 million cap it. And clearly by the asking price, Nashville is not being realistic at all in what they're doing because apparently for zero retention, they are asking for two first round picks. That's Jacob Chikrin price. Like, why would I not trade for the guy who's seven years younger, probably more upside and uh, $2 million less? Like, it, it just makes no sense to me. It's like, okay, you can have that home if you wow us, but we're keeping him. That, yeah, that, even if you threw like in like a Tanner Janot, I I still wouldn't do that trade. Yeah, I would just try and trade for Janot outright. But anyway, sorry, Avery, yeah. what, what are your thoughts? I was going to say, yeah, no. Um, the acts of both uh, Nashville and Columbus are very strange in terms of what they want for their defensemen, what they want for Echo, what Columbus wants for Gavrikov. Like, I don't know what's going on in that mm-hmm. region of Tennessee and Ohio. Like, like I could see, I could honestly see Gavrikov not getting dealt with what they want from the Columbus. Oh my God, Yarmo Kekalainen, if he pulled that off, is the biggest shyster in NHL history. Like how he can convince people that Gavrikov is worth this and David Savard the last year, a couple years ago, is worth whatever, Tampa first and third. Like this guy just picks the most mid-defenseman on his team, just no points. Ah, oh, see, no points. Guy is a stalwart defensively, of yeah. clearly must be, right? And people who don't watch Columbus, because like, fuck, I don't watch Columbus. Who watches Columbus, right? They see, oh, wow, this guy, not a lot of points, puts up some decent ice time, probably really good defensively. And you just assume that he's really good. Like I've been guilty of that in past teams that I don't watch. And I guarantee people will just see the guy, the Russian, they see just a bunch of things that should make him a good, solid defensive defender, even though, according to a Columbus journalist that I was following on Twitter, uh, Columbus is, since he's been out and for the five games, Columbus's defensive results have gotten better. Uh, not not worse. So, yeah, I wouldn't touch Gavrikov with a 10-foot pole. I put him in my John Klingberg category, and I also don't believe that the Oilers are that interested in someone who's not a difference maker on the back end so and he's not willing to re-sign in canada at all right so that's that's a situation yeah it's literally a a service a home run for for ken holland he's he's not going to trade for a guy who's a rental he said that many times maybe he'll do a dubis and go back on his word but yeah i'm i'm glad that we're not in the gavrikov market anymore but yeah a a guy does a a first third and the fourth for a guy who maximum, if you go far, will play, what, 30 games for you? Maximum? And will not resign with you next year? Like, that's a waste. That is a, yeah. That would be a dumb decision. 
It, it, it reminds me of when Vegas traded. I mean, it's a better player, but Vegas traded a first, a second, and a third for Thomas Tarr and ended up scratching him in the playoffs, right? Like, it's just, it reeks of that kind of big mistake, the Ben Sherratt big mistake, you know? Like, just immediately, everybody knows, like, don't do that. We don't want Ken to just do something because he feels like he has to do it. That's why it's interesting watching these targets fall off the board. Like, again, it, 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 I know the Oilers, apparently the rumor was Brad Holland was at a couple the last couple Blackhawks games he was at the Stars game and uh, Brad Holland is supposed to be at SAP Center tonight against the okay. the Sharks so you it know what be. things are mm-hmm. cooking yeah, yeah well, things they, are they cooking better be. they <laughs> better be cooking because again I I will cook them like I don't understand <laughs> like <laughs> ah man like you know like if there's one year where I'm just comfortable moving like and I and I saw people theorizing. They threw out a trade package for Ekholm and Janot. They said, "Okay, well, why not two, uh, two first if, if their Nashville's going to retain plus Borgo?" I'm like, "Dog, that's the price for Eric Carlson. Like, what what are we doing here? Like, st- let's stop trying to bend to what the Oilers are thinking or these like we we're trying. I don't know. We're just trying to make stuff work when it doesn't work. Like to me, if we're going to give up these assets, which I'm on board fully out." fully send them to the moon, strap them to Chris Hatfield and send them to the space station. I, I don't even know. Like, like they, they got to be gone. And, you, and if you could bring in someone of impact, I don't think it's going to hurt your team. Cause because again, let's just, let's also, there's another thing I did want to uh, discuss about Eric Carlson is okay. If we bring him in, obviously people got to go out the door. So let's say just for argument's sake, let's say two of the three of Yamamoto, Fogel and Pooley go, and then Tyson Berry, obviously, are you worried at all? about losing depth up front and swapping out Barry for Carlson. I'll let Avery go first and then Dennis, you can, you can Ooh, follow No, I'm, I'm not all that worried, no. I mean, yes, you know what, Tyson Barry is a guy who got you a lot of points at the same time, though. Again, he is a guy who, if you want to deal with him, body, he should be in the package to get Eric Carlson. So I'm not, I'm not too worried because, again, if you're talking about a guy who is on pace to win the Norris, be a 100-point guy, is a put-moving defenseman that – Dry Silent and McDavid want to have in their lineup. So I'm not going to be too worried about that. Because if we're sitting here and this team is back in the Final Four or playing a cup final, I don't think people will be missing him too, really too much in that sense. Oh, yeah. Dennis? Honestly, I'm not worried at all either. I've mentioned this earlier on the show, but you're wanting to to buy low, sell high, and Tyson Berry. If you're looking at his stat line this year, yeah, he just hit another, what was it, 40, 40 point, what, what was it today? What did you say? I, I was typing in the chat, sorry. Yeah, he, he hit another, like, milestone season, and it's it's high. Like, this is probably the highest trade value Tyson Berry is oh, ever oh, going to have. Oh, it was 340-point seasons Three forty point seasons. 340-point seasons. Like, yeah, wow. I know. Exactly. So, First Oiler to do it since I think believe it was Charlie Huddy or something in the eighties. Uh, which this okay. is the best Tyson Berry I, you're gonna get. I, so I, this is the time to deal him. And if you're getting Eric Carlson in return, you're not gonna miss what Barry brings. Yeah, we have the best offense in the NHL. And then it, it, if the cap that you're moving out is those three forwards, Yamo has missed more of the season than he hasn't. And even when he's been in there, I know he scored tonight, but it was really a tap. And there were, he doesn't look really, he doesn't look as like comfortable fits in right now. He doesn't look comfortable at all in the lineup. That's a good way to put it, Dennis. And then Pooley obviously wants a fresh start, needs a fresh start. 
And Warren Fogle, I, 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 when I think of Warren Fogle, like he's playing really good right now, but I almost think of it like, I was thinking about tweeting out the Bart Simpson writing on the chalkboard meme and just going, I will not be fooled by a Warren Fogle hot streak. Not be fooled by a Warren Fogle hot streak. I will not be fooled by a Warren Fogle hot streak, right? So like I he was scratched in the playoffs last year. He's got he can easily, you know, score three goals in, in two games and then go 15 games without a point, right? Like that's what we come to know as Warren Fogle. So any combination of those two forwards coming out of the lineup, and I can't believe I'm saying this. You know, Devin Shore or uh, trading for a guy who makes 900 grand, you know, trading a third or a fourth for Nick Bugstad and bringing him in uh, at the just kind of on deadline day who makes 900 grand, which is less than the call, like any other call, just around what any other call up would make. Right. So there are ways to trade out those guys and not lose any depth. You have Raphael Lavoie, who's destroying the AHL. You can give him a shot Um, like like there are options there. I don't think like I personally would not be worried about whatsoever about moving any of those forwards out. I don't think it affects the depth. And also Tyson Berry uh, has 12 or 13 even strength points this season. Eric Carlson has more than Connor McDavid. So uh, it's not even in the same stratosphere. It's like, it's like saying, okay, I don't want to move JG Pajot for McDavid. Like, like that's, that's the Barry to Carlson discrepancy. You're talking like a good effective player, but the best at his position in the entire league. So I do it in a heartbeat. And I think we're going to hear at some point, whether it's a day or two days before the deadline, oh, the Oilers or the Sharks circle back one more time and they're trying to hammer it out. Yeah, personally, I feel like it is one of those things that are just going to drag out until, like you mentioned, March 2nd, March 3rd. Once that hits, it looks like it will actually still be a good trade deadline day. We're hoping for that. Um, We have one trade proposal that we already have not shot down because we went on a little (laughs) mini Gavrikov rant. So that's not that's we're done with that. (laughs) We have no no time for him. Um, what else we have here is a, a second Fogel and one of the prospects, uh, Savoy, Nimalainen, Tulio, or Petrov for Nito Niederreiter, uh, 40% retained. And that allows you to call up Holloway, Lavoie, whatever, with the remaining money left over. Uh, looking at the contract for Nino Niederreiter. He's, he's, he's a good player. He's a good he's player. A good player. Yeah, cool. He has a 4 million cap hit. I believe he's an above average finisher, so he would yeah. benefit. He'd be he'd be, be he's a better sixth option in the top six than they always have because they have five when they're healthy. They have five top six forwards, and then Yamo, Puliarvi, Fogel, whoever on that you know second line right wing. Um, so I'll I'll repeat the cost there: a second mm-hmm. Fogel and one of our prospects. I only do that on two fifty nine Eastern on deadline day <laughs> if you absolutely have to. <laughs> It, but that, but and I'd still be fuming if again. It, to me, I have my eyes on the prize, the big target, and 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 it's really hard for me to accurately look at other trade proposals that are probably really good. But it, it's just hard for me to give an, an accurate opinion because I'm so, my perspective is so warped right now with what's going on in the NHL. If that's fair, Adam. Let's say the Carlson trade has happened. You're on top of the world. You are just watching, staring at your phone and in disbelief. And then this trade comes in afterwards. How do you feel? Do you, do well, you even care? Avery? Avery, how do you feel? 
Uh, I wouldn't mind it too much. I mean, again, mm-hmm. Neil Niederreier, again, he is someone, he's a great finisher. He is, uh, he'll be a great addition to that um, top six Corey mentioned right there, that log jam. He'll clear, he'll, he'll clear it up and be a definitive number six man in year four course. I wouldn't mind it. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind, I would mind it much less if first, if first you acquire Eric Carlson or Chikrin. Yes. You, that can't be, that trade can't be your deal instead of acquiring Carlson or uh, Chikrin. <laughs> yes, yes. I, you know what? I, 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 something that makes me laugh too also, I was just thinking about it. It's like, I understand if you're going out to scout a Sam Lafferty, if you're going to scout a, a Nino Niederreiter, but the Oilers the last few games, it seems like, Okay, guys, let's go send our best guys to go watch Eric Carlson and Patrick Kane. Let's let's make sure they're still good. Like, what, what are you looking for that you don't already know? Like, I understand, obviously, you got to do your job. But it's just funny to me thinking of the Oilers going out to scout those guys specifically. Um, in the chat, we got from Wise Kyle Pugliarvi plus a third for Nick Jensen. Nick Jensen's a re- also a really good defenseman. And again, it's that if they can't do something bigger... Like yeah, I guess that would be fine. But I, no matter what it is, if it doesn't have, if he doesn't wear the number sixty-five, I'm gonna be disappointed. So, <laughs> yeah, like it's a good deal, man. I just, I can't, I can't give you an accurate opinion. I, I apologize for that, guys. But yeah, I, uh, I take Jensen over like a Gostas Bear or something like that. Yeah, oh, oh, totally, Gostas Bear. I'm Gostas. I'm, I'm Gostas out of here. Like I'm done. I. <laughs> I'm finding my new team, but yeah, no, like the, this team deserves a reward. They absolutely have earned it as of right now. Second in the West, it looks like Boston's tied Seattle. Uh, I don't want to jinx it. Looks like Boston could, I believe in Boston that they're going to pull out the victory tonight against Seattle. Uh, I know it's not the hottest take considering Boston <laughs> has lost eight games in regulation all season. Um, yeah, no, like they, they deserve it. Uh, and the Oilers are really well positioned. I know we've had our ups and we've definitely had our downs on this show this year. But at the when it came got to the trade deadline, as we're three games out, the Oilers have put themselves in a really, really good position in standings wise um, to kind to do something big. So yeah, of course, I, I can I can imagine the city guys if say on March 4th, a man in a $2,000 suit and a cartoon mustache walks into the Hall of Fame room for a press conference as an order. I can only imagine the city if you see it happening with Carlson's presser in Edmonton. I'll see will react to that. Well, I, it's funny, too, because most of those guys, they'll have no idea, too. Like, Edmonton, it's not... I feel like I remember it used to be like, I feel like it was a leakier ship a couple years ago. Like, I think they're pretty tight with information now. You, no one really knows, it seems like, what's going on with Edmonton. So it'll be really interesting to see coming down the stretch. Um, yeah. And yeah. there's you guys, there's not a lot of time left um, looking at it. There's not a lot of time left for this broadcast either. So let's start calling it here. Uh, next game is against the Columbus blue jackets Saturday, the 25th, 10 30 mountain time. Uh, well, Thankfully, Zach and I aren't doing it. It's Avery. (laughs) (laughs) He'll bring you the post-game show after that one. Before they blew the last lead in the matinee game, who was was it? Was that against the Rangers uh, in in the matinee game that they blew? That was the... No, they won. Yeah, yeah, they they won the matinee game against the Rangers. No, 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 no. Like the most recent, one of the the last two losses that they blew. Which one did you do? I can't remember. Montreal? uh, no, no, it wasn't Montreal. No, Avery, I didn't, you no, did I didn't. one. 
Then oh, no, no, Colorado. I did Colorado. I'm yes, it was Colorado. Colorado. Yes, Colorado. I was about to message you halfway through the game, be like, "Avery, you're doing every matinee game. This, <laughs> this is ridiculous." And then they blew it, and I'm like, "Well, thank God I didn't message him." But yeah, yeah, no, you seem to get at least the more eventful matinee games. For me, it's just the six nothing loss, no matter what. You get at least a story to talk about. So I'll be there watching in the chat. Uh, I'm super excited. So close to the deadline, a week out. I can feel it. Nothing hits quite like an Oilers <laughs> roster move, except when it's Devin Shore being called up for the eighth time. Other, other than that, they, they hit hard. So um, I'm so excited. Uh, and I hope Eric Carlson puts on a show tonight for Brad. Oh, yeah. I, I'd love it if he wants to suit up against Columbus. <laughs> Just bring him to Ohio. Just send him over. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're that's it for us tonight. The Oilers have a very busy next week, so we'll be we'll be bringing you all the game over Edmontons. And uh, yeah, March 3rd, Friday, that's a trade deadline. You know we're going to have something cooking at SDPN for that. Until then, that's it for us. Thank you so much for watching. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. And for the last time tonight, play La Bamba, Play La Bamba, baby. 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 <laughs> Bye-bye. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.